Do we need to mention in this episode that um, this podcast uh, may contain some coughing? <laughs> yeah, we're both feeling a little it's not bit bad under, language, just under the weather, aren't we? Um, we've picked up something somewhere along the way this week. So uh, if there's a bit of coughing and spluttering, then we do apologise yeah. for that. Um, but I've been introduced to a new phrase this week. Oh, yeah. What's that? Sweat equity. It sounds like our specialist subject <laughs> over the last few years, <laughs> sweat equity. Oh, it's a brilliant term. I've never heard that before. Um, it basically accounts for um, the fact that equity is created in a property deal, for example, through the work that you put into it or your management and operation of it, as opposed to bringing the funds. Um, I just thought it was a brilliant term and it just made me laugh because it made me think that pretty much summarizes mm. what we've been up to over the last seven years is yeah. generating sweat equity yeah, every and, single day. <laughs> and, and I think it's really good, actually, because it almost adds, adds a tangible, tangible metric to what we do. Because, you know, you hear people talk about doing joint ventures and they think, well, I can only bring my skills. But you need to add value to the skills that you bring. And I think this sweat equity, like you say, sums it up totally. Yeah, it's a really good um, a way of thinking about joint ventures, but also I think it really summarizes our growth model quite nicely. A lot of our um, deals, if you like, have been funded in terms of monetary value, have been funded through private investment yeah, yeah. or development finance or mortgages. But um, the equity that we've created within our portfolio has largely been sweat equity. It's the work that we put put into it that you know our angel investors uh, aren't in a position to do that or interested in doing that mm. they just want the passive mm. return and then we create the sweat equity <laughs> to generate the the income off the back end so that was a great term um it came out of a conversation didn't it with um yeah, right, yeah. fellow investor um that, that we've been chatting to about another potential opportunity she comes from a banking background apparently it's quite prevalent i've just never come across it before in property circles thought it was quite a good one yeah and, and that's going to make me feel so much better when i'm actually on a project i'm beginning to sweat because i think yes build that equity build that equity <laughs> yeah absolutely there's some payout for yeah. it at some point further down the line so what have we got planned for everybody in this episode well we're going to be talking we've mentioned it briefly before but we're going to be talking about the development of our chatbot and how we hope this is going to revolutionize our guest comms i'm going to have a good old rant about the new fire eggs for holiday let owners it's due today Due today, absolutely. Oh, actually, that's Sunday. Apologies, yeah. yeah. You're listening to this during the week. It's yeah. Sunday. <laughs> Due yesterday, um, and we catch up with Danielle, and we share our take-home messages from the Scale Rentals Conference in London this week. Mm. So, as we said, we're both a bit croaky, a bit coffee. So, hopefully, um, you can bear with us on that front. But uh, lots to cover, as always. So, should we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Hello everyone, my name is Mark Winship. And my name is Caroline Winship and together we run hotels and vacation rentals across the UK. With our team. Well, of course with our team, we couldn't do it without them. And one thing's for sure, there is never a dull moment. You can say that again. Welcome to the Secret Serviced Podcast. Are we going with the Secret Service Podcast or Secret Service Podcast? So in the uh, rare opportunities where I've had some spare time over the last couple of weeks, I've been uh, slaving away at building this this chatbot, haven't I? I can't believe the amount of time it's taken for you to put 
to get to get this to the level of detail that we want, you must feel like I used to feel after I'd finished a set of school reports. Yeah, <laughs> it's the irony, though, isn't it, that uh, it's it's finding the time to yeah. save yourself time. time. Yeah, um, and I just got very frustrated that I wasn't able to dedicate the time to it. Um, I say build it. I'm not building the chatbot. We're working with a company that's building mm. the chatbot for us. Um, and uh, I, but I've obviously had to design it and map out our guest communications flow. But I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to, and I think our our, our crew, our staff are really excited oh, about yeah. it as well. Be more I than mean, us, to be honest, I know there's a lot of people being fearful out of being put out of work by AI and chatbots and that sort of thing. But I think Danielle and Jenna probably can't wait for some of these uh, <laughs> these routine inquiries that just come up time and time again, yeah. and day in day out, to get answered. And that's the way that it's designed to work. So it funnels people through a WhatsApp chat. That WhatsApp chat takes them through a customer journey where we find out whether they are um, inquiring about an upcoming stay or a stay that's currently in progress or a previous stay. And, and it just walks them through a different flow. And um, at different points within that chatbot, there are built-in answers to a lot of the common questions mm. that we get time and time again, like, how do I get into the property? Where are my door codes? What's the Wi-Fi code? Mm. How do I use the heating? Yeah. How does the hob work? You know, and we're, we're building that all into the chatbot, aren't we? So that if, and there will always be then an opportunity for them to effectively speak to a live agent, if you like, speak to one of our team. Yeah. But by that point, we've filtered through, hopefully, a lot of the obvious stuff um, and that will hopefully take a lot off the plate of Jenna and Danielle which and this isn't about giving them trying to take work away from them but it, it means that we can get them doing more meaningful stuff mm, and growth related business, stuff for the business yeah, right yeah, I'm really excited about it I think uh, <clears throat> I had a call this week uh, to uh, with the team with the company that are building it to go through the design and actually I think they were quite blown away by the level of detail yeah. and how um, comprehensive it was. It's going to take them a couple of weeks to go away and build this thing and then fully test it. Um, but I'm really excited. I think it's uh, I think it's the future. There's options further down the line. It's on their development map to build in AI integrations as well. That's where it gets really exciting, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, oh definitely. Yeah, because uh, you know it's all about learning, isn't it? And with 59 properties, we we can't you know we can't have answers to every single question in the sense that you know that's why it's taking you so long is that you know with 59 very different properties the answer to what's the wi-fi what's the parking mm. how do i get in they're all very different so mapping out the actual journey took some doing yeah. didn't it yeah but once it's done it's done um and then hopefully we can work out a way to direct as many people as we can through our whatsapp chat um, and, and try and sort of, um, it's good to give people lots of different ways to um, reach out to you. I saw a stat this week at the conference we attended, which we'll talk about later, that 66% of adults prefer to have a, a chat, like a user chat than yeah. call, um, which is interesting because you always worry whether you're alienating people that might just yeah. want to pick up the phone. But I, I get that argument. The trouble is it's just not scalable, is oh, it? And what's the, the stat? I remember the stat you told me about the amount of WhatsApps that are actually opened. Oh, it's really high. Is it like yeah. in the 90%? It, it was a comparison with email marketing. Yeah. I forget the exact numbers. I'll have to dig them out. But, yeah, it was um, – it was significantly higher than the open rate of an email for that's email right, yeah, marketing. Um, and that's the thing, off the back of this chatbot, mm. we have the the other function here, which we haven't talked about. We have the opportunity to build a, a database, a CRM database, and flip it round and actually broadcast out 
to our, our previous bookers or to anyone that's contacted us in the past. And we might be um, offering them a special discount. We might be doing a special offer, running a competition, whatever it might be. Um, the the hit rate, if you like, of having people actually opening that mm. and reading it and acting on it, um, I'm expecting is going to be a lot higher than anything we might have sent out yeah. by our email. And that whole conversion to, to direct bookings through this system is just it's just the holy grail really isn't it that's what we want to achieve yeah absolutely so if anyone's got any questions on how we're doing that just reach out just ping us a message over on instagram um and i'll be happy to talk you through it but um i think it's it's really exciting and it's also going to massively streamline our processes because now all of these um whatsapp chats come into a central um, dashboard. dashboard that all of our staff have access mm. to. We have oversight of because yeah. it's all very well having various people, you know, with WhatsApp on their devices because you can have WhatsApp business on multiple devices yeah. so you can have it on your phone and then your laptop and your ipad and you can get team members engaged that way but you don't really have oversight from a training perspective whereas this will allow us to um, monitor guest communications it allows to dip in and out of conversation so if something gets escalated and it needs our input we can get brought into the chat yeah. um it's a really really clever system so um yeah, it's, it's going to be really exciting. I mean, the proof will be in the pudding as <laughs> to how much it really does kind of streamline our guest comms, but I'm, I'm pretty positive at the moment. So in a couple of weeks' time, that will go live and we'll be able to report yeah. back on that one, which is exciting. Eaton House. Oh, let's yeah. update people on Eaton House. Um, <laughs> sorry, yeah, changing subject dr drastically there. No, Eaton House has stabilised. It um, has, yeah. I, I was keen to, t to tell this story on the podcast today because um, – We've mentioned for a while now. You know, we've been. It was a. It was a tough launch. It was a busy launch, but it was a tough launch. There was mm. there was quite a few teething problems and um, and bits and pieces that needed ironing out. And we've been saying all along, we will get on top of it. We this is part of the process. You know, we will eventually just tick off these teething mm. issues until there's none left. Now, touch wood. <laughs> touch wood. Double touch wood. Please. We have had a wood. relatively well, a very quiet week with regards guest call. Now, albeit bookings have been slightly down. So it's not been as busy, yeah. I would say that. But we spoke to Ian, didn't we? Our, um, our, maintenance, evening, yeah. our maintenance superhero um, down at uh, Eaton House. And he said the same thing. He says yeah. he hasn't had a single call. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's in there ripping the entire floor <laughs> out of one of the showers because it was leaking. But we've talked about that already. That's yeah. an ongoing job. Um, but other than that, he's not really had any call outs or, or any sort of um, knee jerk kind no, of urgent maintenance to do. So touch words that that is settling down and and that process is um, playing out the way that we thought it might do. Yeah. Um, and you've had a you, you've well we both had a, a good week, haven't we? It's been a very varied week. Oh God, yeah. And I think that's one of the things I was really looking forward to when I sort of left teaching because teaching is, you know, as much as I love teaching, you know exactly what you're doing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and. Um, you know, one of the things about coming into working with business with you is, I, I must admit, when I was teaching, I used to have a bit of FOMO because you'd disappear off down the, on the motor. I think, oh, God. Um, but no, it's um, I was up very early Monday morning to zip down to Yeovil to have a chat with two lovely ladies who it were by chance were very good friends with one of my good friends so you know i you know all those little, little moments it doesn't just... surprise me in the slightest caroline, <laughs> i don't know if you picked this up from the podcast but it's a it's an ongoing joke that caroline has pretty much lived everywhere in the country at some point or other and has 
connections with 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 pretty much everybody we meet. I think it yeah. came up with the the chap, the director of the, the, oh, gosh, the Coverdale yes. Court behind Eaton House, yeah, didn't it? To go to Loughborough School. I mean, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, moving swiftly on. So yeah, so that was really lovely to meet to meet with the two ladies that were looking at our conference space. Um, and then we, of course, had the scale rentals. So you didn't, so just on that, you Sorry. didn't feel that was a wasted trip then because you were there to meet, primarily to meet the fire yeah. authority. And unfortunately, it was a bit of a pain, wasn't well, Oh, they what got can a you do? They, they got a call out, literally just as he arrived and had to shoot off again, alarms blaring and, and flashing lights, didn't they? So they disappeared Oh, no, again. it wasn't, wasn't a wasted trip at all. Um, I, I'm very much hands-on. I think you've, like you know, we've probably gathered we we do have very different skill sets and things that we like to do. And whereas Mark will devise a system to do all this, I'll think right, I'll jump in the car and I'll drive 200 miles and call in at Gloucester Services, <laughs> go to Yeovil. But it's very much for me, you know, it's a good networking event uh, option, to, opportunity to meet uh, the two ladies and also. You know, just to do, you know, to assess the conference space because we've got our first event this weekend coming up. So I just wanted to make sure we had everything. Like you say, it's good always to meet with the, you know, the the fire service because they can then see that actually puts we're a very, face to yeah, name. puts a face to a name. They can see that we're actually very serious about making this a very safe space to operate. Yeah. Um, and we've so, got the fire yeah. risk assessment, the actual fire risk assessment coming up. So I'm going down this time yeah. um, this yeah. week to sort of uh, oversee that. Uh, we, we went to London, had a nice couple of days in London, yeah. uh, met up with Danielle, which we'll talk about um, shortly. And then you had a really nice day on Friday, which I think oh, is a bit of a kind light of, bulb yeah, go on, tell us about that then. Yeah, so um, one of the, we wrote Vision Ball back, back at the beginning of 2023, didn't we? And one of my visions was that coming into the business is, I wanted to have more flexibility. I knew I wouldn't be working any less. You know, I, I knew that. But what I wanted to do, I wanted to be able to be more flexible with my time. And um, my daughter, our oldest child, our, you know, Jessica, she's um, had a tough year. She's completed her PhD. And, you know, through one thing and another, it's it's been a tough time. And um, I wanted to be able to spend some time with her. So uh, I booked a spa day and at Hallcross Hall in Staffordshire, which I can highly recommend. Um, and we just had the most amazing day. And it was just so lovely to be able to spend time with Jess, spend the whole day, have a few treatments, have a nice meal, and just have a bit of downtime. I have to say, it did take me a bit of time to wind down, and she did at one point threaten to confiscate my phone. Mm. But, um, you know, it was lovely. And, and that, for me, was, you know, one of those light bulb moments. Yeah, I've achieved this because we're so bad at celebrating yeah. what we do. And had I been in teaching, I probably couldn't have afforded to do the day. Um, I certainly couldn't have taken the day off. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, just sort of sitting there having lunch, I suddenly thought, wow, I've done it. You know, I'm yeah. here with my, my little girl, you know, and we're having a lovely time. And, um, yeah, so it was it's And I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's not lost on Jessica as well in the sense that, you know, when you're working a, a, a nine to five and then you've got marking to do and everything with, with your um, teaching job, you know, it, when the when the kids have flown the nest, as it were, it is difficult then to find times to, to connect, isn't it, mm. and do all that sort of stuff. So the flat, you've got that flexibility now, and it's like you know we've always said that the best things about what we do are also sometimes the worst things. The fact that we'll be working, we can't just uh, you know close the close mm. the door, clock off at five o'clock, and go. Well, I'm not going to think about it tomorrow till nine o'clock in the morning. That's just not an option with mm. what we do. But it does mean that you can uh, be in control of your time, mm. and if you want to take 
take some time out and go do something, then you've got that opportunity to do that. So yeah. it's, it's like today, Sunday. You know, I know I've got I've got some some work to do. We, we've run a competition. I know we've got to go through that and get all the stats and everything and do that later. But if I do all that today and a few more bits and bobs, it means maybe a couple of hours tomorrow we could have a nice walk with Basil. You know, and that that. That's it, really. Isn't also, it? after the Scale Rentals Conference, you know, we there was a lot to take on, and we we needed the opportunity to download. Now, if we both go then our separate ways, it might be you know days or weeks or maybe never when you actually truly consolidate those learnings mm. and, and talk about what you can action. But we went right. We're going to write off the in, the entire next afternoon. We're going to go and find a cafe somewhere. Um, we're we're gonna we're just going to close the doors and we're going to set an action plan and we're going to sort of download. I had a nice uh, shawarma lamb wrap. Oh God, my. I, I, I've suddenly realised my places to chill out suddenly have become spas. <laughs> that was also a spa. Well, it's just a cafe that's associated with the spa. Yeah, that's Breed and Health Spa, which is also very amazing. Yeah. But that was, you know, again, nice to be able to do that. So I think in many ways it was um, a very busy week. It was definitely a working week, but it's kind of like the week we've dreamed of. I know mm. it sounds strange because you imagine that people dream of just sitting on a beach and that's nice when it happens, but you get pretty bored pretty quickly, yeah. I think. But <laughs> the reality is we want the flexibility to be able to spend time together, spend time with the family, um, you know, if we're going to do some work, go and do it in some nice places and not be tied to an office. And um, I think, you know, we have to, like you say, we're terrible at like reflecting on where we've come. Mm. And, I, and I think that's, yeah, that's really worthwhile just reflecting on, isn't yeah. it? I think. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a bit of a light bulb moment for me. So um, big shout out to Jess oh, and all the others as well. <laughs> Right, it's about time we caught up again with Danielle. We've seen her in person this week, which has been really nice, but um, uh, we're going to catch up with her. Something slightly different. Um, so if you're expecting a review roulette, then we've got something we're mixing up a little bit here. And um, Yep, we are indeed. Without giving away too much more, let's just uh, let's get Danielle on the call. Should we give her a ring? Yeah, uh, let's give her a ring. All right, let's do it. Hi, Danielle. How are you doing? Hi, Mark. Hi, Caroline. Good. Thanks. And you? How was your trip back? It was good. No, it was good. I just stupidly, but as I obviously am not used to the tubes and everything in London, I had a ticket from Paddington back home and I swiped my card instead. So I had oh, to call no. them up today <laughs> to ask for a oh. refund. But you know, they I was were... about to say that isn't yeah. it great that your trip to London went by without any mishaps at all? <laughs> As we all know, I'm not the greatest travelling to London, but it was, oh, okay. like I say, a stressful last night because I thought, oh, I don't want to be what a charge hundreds of pounds for a ticket but no they were really easy and just refunding me because they said it was my first um request for a refund so they'll just do it easily so yeah it was quite seamless to be fair to just ask them for for that refund oh that's good (laughs) but apart from that that was good (laughs) how about yours when we left you and we'll explain to the listeners in a minute what we're talking about but when we left you did you walk in the wrong direction no it was like well, it was like that program we're watching, you know, that um, race around the world thing, where they all head off in different directions because uh, we were basically going to the same station. Yeah, um, the shop I wanted to go to was closed. Was closed. So we thought, oh. well, well, we'll we'll head off and and we'll probably see Danielle in a second. And you'd gone that way, and our sat nav says, well, it's over in that direction, and we went <laughs> off completely. Anyway, so what we're talking about, we were together in London, weren't we, yesterday for the last well last couple of days, a full day yes. and an evening yeah. for the Scale Rentals UK conference. 
conference. So that's a conference for um, short-stay service accommodation operators who operate, is it more than 15 or more than 20 units? More than 20. More than 20 20 units. So to qualify for that, you have to run more than 20 units. So it's it's really an opportunity to rub shoulders, if you like, with other operators of a similar size or or bigger. And um, it was a really good day, wasn't it, I think, in summary? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was really good. I like the format. I like the fact that, but actually, by having the roundtable session on the night before, it meant that you actually had to get there in time. Because sometimes I think when they, you have a one-day conference, by the time you've actually got, to, for us living in the Midlands, to get to London by nine o'clock costs, well, it costs hundreds and hundreds of pounds. So to actually go the night before, attend the roundtable session the night before was good. That meant we were relaxed and we knew where we were going you know, the next day. So I think the format of that worked really well, I think. We should explain, by the way, in case anyone is tuning in for a, another episode of Review Roulette, that we're pausing that this this uh, this week so that we can just reflect yeah. on, on the Scale Rentals Conference and share some of our, our nuggets and our observations that, that we made. But no, it was really good. I've, I've been to a few conferences yeah. like this. We went to uh, another one earlier in the year. And um, I'm never a massive fan of conferences, to be honest. You might get one or two nuggets, but it's, um, it's a lot of time out the business oh, this, and it's was a big, this was really good yeah it was good it a lot was of good speakers the level of uh the fact they filtered it for uh, operators that are already operating at scale i think meant that the level of conversation was at the right level um the connections that we were making were very relevant and um no it was really good so we thought that we would jump on this and share one nugget each from something that we sort of take a take-home message, if you like, from each of us from from the scale conference. Who, who's going to go first? Um, shall I go first? Going to go first? Yeah, okay, yeah. go for it. Um, so for me, um, obviously, it's the first time we've been to this conference. I think it's the first time it's run in the UK, isn't it? Is it I believe it is. Yeah, 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 yeah yes, I believe it is. I think so, so. Yeah. So there's always an element of. I don't know, imposter syndrome, if you like. So I was concerned that perhaps I'd feel a little bit intimidated by other operators, um, that everybody would know what they were doing and everyone would know everybody. Um, And a few people did know each other. But I think actually after the sort of that first evening session, you sort of ease into it. And actually by talking to people, you realise that actually, yeah, we are rightfully there at this conference. And in fact, not just rightfully, I, you know, after talking to people, I thought, well, actually, you know, we know what we're doing. We're doing everything right. We've put things in place that other people are saying they wish they'd put in place. Um, we're a very lean team. Yeah. You know, we we manage our systems and we, I think we really do uh, use the systems and the technology. In a very efficient way. Very efficient that, way. That yeah. was a big realisation for me because I think, I, I understand what you're saying with regards to the, the imposter syndrome. And I think a lot of people can relate to that sort of feeling. Um, and I would imagine coming from, you, you know, you've only recently kind of joined the business yeah, yeah, time. So yeah. it's probably an element of that, that playing that, on your, yeah, your mindset as well. But I, I actually, I, I totally agree. And I think that the, the biggest thing for me was just how, lean we actually are and how efficient we are and we'd always created the business from the ground up knowing that we wanted to scale yeah we didn't wait until we were overwhelmed yeah. and we had too many units and we didn't you know and and we couldn't cope we, we've always tried to sort of future proof haven't we? yeah absolutely and i think actually we run a super lean operation <laughs> compared to i mean we were hearing from people who um who weren't operating many more sometimes less but many more units than we were who had you know, sizable teams of full-time, 
between you and me, Mark, I'm just a bit worried now that Danielle actually might, you know, you know. Everybody was saying, they were sort of looking at Danielle as if, you know, she was this, which you are, I hasten to add, this wonderful person who runs all the comms and everything else, obviously, along with Jenna, you know, and how do you cope? And I'm thinking, well, we know, you know, we do know, and we hopefully, you know, show our appreciation as much as possible. But I think with the aid of assistance and everything else, hopefully it's not too onerous for you. Yeah. But I think that's the thing is we leverage, that was the word I was looking for, we leverage the technology really well. Yeah, and I, I, and, so. I th- and I think this leads into what I think Danielle would like to talk to you because we were in the same session. I could tell that you were getting, I'm not going to, you know, steal your thunder and, and um, everything else. But the session we were in, I could tell you were getting excited about what the speaker was talking about. And I think... You know, I think that's I come from a technology background. You've always been very keen on technology. And, you know, with COVID and everything else, the technology we use throughout all our business is just yeah, it's allowed us to be this lean. Yeah. And I think we're ahead of the curve. Mm. It's the bottom line. I think we're very much ahead of the curve. But what did you take from it, Danielle? Because I know that um, uh, some of the technology, some of the new sort of stuff that's coming into not just this industry, but, you know, is is like infiltrating into our lives across the board really sort of stood out for you, didn't it? Yeah. So the the talk I was kind of in and Caroline Joy was um, the revenue management side of it. And then it touched on AI as well. And everyone obviously knows of chat GBT, which is just one of them out there. And um, mm. let's just... I, I'm being honest here. I am not a technology whiz. I have no idea about coding. I have not any, yeah. like, I don't have an Alexa in every room of my house. So um, <laughs> that was just interesting. I think they made one comment saying that you need to use AI to your advantage and to help you in your business. You can't yeah. solely rely on it because it's yeah. still an ever-changing system. It's obviously still learning as every single person is asking it a question. So yeah. it might not give you the the right answer or the perfect solution to your business. But if you use it um, to to just help you in whether it's comms or emails or anything like that, that they yeah. kind of said, why would you not? So they made the comment and saying people who use AI will um, will outperform those who don't. And I thought mm. that's quite a, a good, obviously, because if you have it there, why not use it? Um, yeah. So I would say that that kind of stood out for me um, in a way uh, and kind of leading into the systems we already use um, where they said with the ever-changing markets we're in and um, looking out into the future with all the new regulations and stuff, you just never know where things are going to go. So use the data that's provided by other systems out there. Like we had to talk about AirDNA and um, all the systems that we use still and Price Labs and there's just naming a few, but why would you not use it if those people are doing all the hard work for us in the background, basically? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I think it's exciting. I think it really makes me um, excited about the future, about how much we can scale um, whilst, you know, maintaining quite a, a lean operation. And uh, I think that's a really important message with regards to the AI side of it. So I think some people are you know, jumping in with both feet when it comes to AI. Other people are very fearful of of AI and what it brings, and uh, and are trying to keep it at arm's length. But I think I think that message is absolutely right, Danielle. That um, you know, we don't want to build an over reliance on it at this stage. 
because yeah. um, there are there are some advantages and disadvantages to being an early adopter to technology, aren't there? Oh yeah. Um, so I think we've got to we've got to find ways where it works for us, and we're already integrating in certain things that we do. AI is already built. We've just been talking about an AI system we're testing out on this very call in order to sort of keep keep minutes of of, of our Zoom meetings yeah. as a team so that we can collaborate a lot more effectively. So that's an AI tool, but equally. Um, we don't want to be left behind like this, you know, the world is changing very quickly and the scope that we've got to really, um, you know, like take this to the next level is, is really exciting, isn't it? Yeah. And I think you yeah. put it really well, Danielle, where you said that, you know, you pulled out that point that people who use AI, well, or businesses that use AI will outperform other businesses. So um, I think I think we all came away really excited about um, our business and moving forward and scaling, which when you attend the scale conference is probably a good thing, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because um, obviously there were there were different. I would say, I, without knowing too much, but we touched on it yesterday, where um, Gateway as a business probably owned the majority of properties mm. at that conference, where. Um, a big side of it was just management companies. So yeah. they have a n- numerous number of properties, but the thing is they yeah. don't own it. It's just management. And then what we've seen is we won't name names, but they do half a job at managing it anyway. So they can scale so much quicker. And it, at se- it seems like they are be- like one of the top guns being really successful and stuff. But if you think about it, they're not doing even giving the full management experience. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There's different models of management. What one person calls management is very different to, yeah. to somebody else. And what we might call full management, there's, there's a lot of people who are, in effect, doing guest find, if you like, and, and mm. have, setting up the resources. It's mm. cloud management, I guess you'd call it. So they don't get involved in the hands-on day-to-day side. Um, but I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think, you know, we were sort of you know, more than holding our own in the sense mm. of um, number of units with with, with other people in yeah. there, but but the vast majority of those we've either developed ourselves, we own them, yeah. um, you know, and we've got some under management at least. And, and that's not to criticise the management model. We're very much looking to expand that ourselves. But yeah, I think so. I think I think that's uh, yeah was a really important takeaway. Yeah. And it just shows our, our depth really, because I think when you when you just do management you don't have appreciation as an owner yeah really i think you know, so my, we're looking at it from all sides really aren't we so my takeaway from it um my, my favorite thing about the conference i think apart from the um the double patty sandwich melted cheese sandwich <laughs> with truffle mayonnaise from crunch um in old spitalfield market which i just had to introduce danielle to um that was probably the highlight if i'm honest um that was but outside one. of that um TikTok, bizarrely. So I mentioned TikTok on the podcast last week, and I distinctly remember saying that I didn't know what I was going to be doing on TikTok. And now I really am quite clear, actually. A a presentation that we watched, um, Dave Cordner, who's um, very active on TikTok, runs Belfast City Apartments. And, um, yeah, he's he's really blowing it up on TikTok. And and it it really – like I understand we've kept TikTok at arm's length, yeah, we you know, we're, we're, we're very active on, on Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook, but TikTok's always been that slightly intimidating platform because the perception is that it's for young mm. youngsters, people a lot younger than us. But um, this presentation dispelled, dispelled that myth, if you like, or at least the platform has evolved since, 
since its initial inception when it was pretty much exclusively young yeah. people. And um, it was really interesting to see some examples of how it's being used in the property space. And the light bulb moment for me, and we've talked on this podcast a lot about Stainy Forest and our our mission statement around that being um, recommending local um, places, getting the true authentic experience of the new forest. Um, we've got experiences, we've got you know recommendations for restaurants, everything else, and to see how TikTok would be the perfect platform for us to bring that to life mm. and communicate it to people um was was a massive light bulb moment yeah. for me i think i made one note from that um meeting which was staying new forest needs to be on tiktok that, yeah. that that was my that was my uh conclusion from that but um i know i, I now see how it's almost like unforgivable really for us not to be leveraging yeah. that platform with the reach that you can get and you know you'd have to pay hundreds of pounds a month maybe even thousands to get that sort of exposure with a google ad or a facebook no ad. end of um views on his videos doesn't yeah, it yeah yeah absolutely um and and it's just you know it just gave some real practical examples like he wrote Ah, now I understand how we can use that platform. So that for me, that was not what I was expecting to take out of a, a scale rentals <laughs> conference was uh, to come away inspired to get on TikTok. But um, that was really the take home message for me. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You, yeah, you, you did mention it. that I wasn't in that talk, and I can't remember. I don't think Caroline was either. So no. it would have been good to yeah to would have been there um for you like you say to have that big of a realization but i don't think i'm not familiar with tiktok at all as well so but i've i've seen and heard that you can get a massive reach from it but you've you volunteered to be our tiktok model haven't you daniel so um, <laughs> i can't remember that that part though <laughs> you, you might have to get up to speed pretty quickly <laughs> um but i think you've you've come away pretty energized in particular oh, yeah you? absolutely i mean you know, a few weeks ago, and I mentioned it on the podcast, I think I actually, my parting comment on one of the podcasts was, I'm happy where I am. I don't want to do any more. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, I've, I've U-turned. You've U-turned, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've not only U-turned, I've actually almost gone round and round about, haven't I, and come out the other side thinking, we must do this, we must... You, you might know. regret saying that if it gives me the free reign to start looking at opportunities because already we're having discussions about blocks of holiday lets and yeah. new hotels and all sorts. So, well, um, isn't that I'm, I'm, I might be opening up another subject here, but isn't the big word acquisitions as well? Oh, I know. I didn't even know whether to mention <laughs> that on the podcast. I, I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to put this on record in the podcast. Um, we had a um, a vision meeting for Stay New Forest, it was, wasn't it? Way back when we first came up with the idea. And I mentioned the growth model of acquisitions um, and, and actually looking at acquiring, whether it's other management companies or other small operators and, and going down that route. And I think every I just scared the pants off everybody oh, totally. I, I, like, everyone absolutely. what is this guy talking about this is just definitely imposter sister absolute pie one. in the sky yeah. stuff and now you've come away thinking right this is the solution now we're <laughs> going to take on the world through acquisitions but yeah absolutely it's a it's a uh, fantastic no, way to scale was, yeah i think it was just really really good to go it sort of reset a few things for me um it was good to be in a space with other like-minded people that had experienced the same issues that we had and it puts in perspective like we had a conversation in the morning didn't we before left the apartment about a guest who was moaning about things that we had absolutely no control over yeah and you know enabled you to sort of give that some perspective and think well we're just going to park that because we can't actually do anything about the redevelopment in Yeovil. that's actually we're sorry <laughs> 
And we can't open the shops for you on a Sunday evening either. We're really <laughs> sorry about that. But it just kind of made you think that actually, yeah, that is just one tiny thing that we have to, that is part of our, our lives as service accommodation. Did operators. you find that, Danielle? Because I, I think the normalisation, that, that's where it is valuable, getting in a room with other operators who do what we do. Because there were so many people that kept mentioning, it's like, if you're going to operate 15, 20, 50, 100 units, forget trying to get five-star reviews across the board. It's just not going to happen. And actually, I would imagine for you dealing with it and pulling your hair out and going, you know, oh, my God, these guests are impossible to satisfy. I would imagine it was quite, like, useful to hear other people saying, yeah, we, we get exactly the same thing. It was, and I think we had the conversation with that guy that was sat next to us on the table, which is quite a big management company we've now heard, but um, where they said you can't, although you try your best, but they obviously manage how many properties for how many landlords, they can't answer every single inquiry Mm -hmm. within the next five minutes, for instance. So I think that was quite a realisation for me, because obviously you try your best. You want to have Airbnb kind of specifically have this, um, what, um the obviously how they score you response Response rate rate. yeah that's yeah yeah. yeah. and you want to be as as good as possible on that and you try your best but like you say sometimes it is just physically impossible to respond to every single inquiry as it comes through so i think that was quite put it into perspective as well it doesn't take away from the guest experience or technically take away from your property at all it is just the way it is yeah 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 so i think just just having that familiar ground and people being in a similar position. And we were talking about, you know, we had a, a slower than normal August and, you know, you, you operate in isolation a lot of the time mm. and, and you're not in contact with other operators. And, you know, you could be easily sat there as I think we probably were at times thinking, are we doing something wrong? Have we got the pricing wrong? And then to, you know, just mention that to a few people in in passing yesterday and something oh august shocker you know and everyone else saying the same thing and suddenly you realize actually we're not alone in doing this we're experiencing the same things and i think the message really to anybody in this industry is to get out there and network um as much as you can with other people don't see them as competition Mm. you've got to try and like like join forces is maybe a bit of a strong word but you know we're all in this together there's plenty of property to go around there's plenty of guests to go around so actually i think we're stronger by collaborating communicating working together than sort of closing the doors and seeing everybody else as the competitors exactly awesome danielle well it was lovely to see you now but it was really nice to spend some time with you over the last couple of days in london so thank you so much for joining us and i'm glad you found it useful as well yeah, thank you for the invite. Obviously, guys, I wouldn't have been able to go on my own, not quite there yet with um, properties <laughs> on my own. But yeah, no, it was definitely useful and insightful. So that's good. Thank good. you. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you, Danielle. Thank you. Good to see you. And we will speak to you soon. Thanks, Danielle. You Thanks, Danielle. Thank you. Bye. 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 I'm going to have a bit of a rant about the fire regs, the new fire regs that uh, effectively come into force, well, when this goes out yesterday, um, for the, in a sense, the holiday let industry. So for owners of short stay paid accommodation. Not the rant about the regulations. So no, this no. is it. I'm not going to have a rant, a rant about the actual regulations. I thought, like you say, because we've looked through them and they seem pretty reasonable, really. Well, quite easy to understand. Well, here's the thing. So first thing, 
So there's obviously there's a lot of chatter, you know, I'm on various Facebook groups, as most of us are, and, you know, within our industry. And, you know, these these fire regs um, are the first really step towards the regulation of the short stay, kind of Mm. the very informal kind of you know what what really came out of the whole sofa surfing kind of culture that airbnb created mm. that you know rent a holiday home rent an annex in in, in your house or whatever so it's exactly it's really the, the first kind of regulation that's coming into that and you know there's a lot of people who are um scared and and worried and um you know and and are ill-informed i guess and and that's my first thing read the bloody document the number of chats I see where people say, I've heard that you've, we've got to do this. I've heard, what What do I have to do? What? And like, you know, the number of times, first of all, like literally first result on Google, just Google fire regulations for holiday lets or whatever it is. It will be the first result that comes up. <laughs> this is not rocket science, right? And the number of those threads where people have dropped the link, I've done it myself several times into the actual document. Okay. <laughs> because there are so many people getting the wrong end of the stick, misunderstanding what's required, both positively and negatively, mm-hmm. either thinking they don't need to take any action or thinking they need to take far yeah. too much action. Read the document. Stop reacting to hearsay and rumor and all of this side of things just get yourself informed take responsibility take responsibility that's the first thing it's really winding me up now because you know you can go onto any forum that relates to this kind of um this kind of property and you know the last 30 posts will be someone asking the same question about what's required for the fire regulations and what does this mean for me and what does this mean for my property read the document and we will put the document in the chat we'll do it again we've done it already (laughs) we've done it already but we'll do it again read the document that's my first thing okay so my second thing my advice if you like to any owners of small sleeping accommodation or any sleeping accommodation for that matter forget what the government is saying that you should be doing so just just forget that for a moment do a bloody fire risk assessment and make sure your property will protect your paying guests from being burnt alive (laughs) yeah but i mean come on like the amount of honestly the amount of bitching and moaning that i've seen in these forums about the the imposition and the inconvenience of maybe having to spend a few hundred quid on um some pretty logical some pretty reasonable updates to make sure that people are safe like why don't get me wrong like but why do you need the government to tell you that when people are staying at your property who are not familiar with your property it needs to protect them from fire yeah like i get it you know this is new this has all been brought in this is a shock for some people who've maybe not you know had their ear to the ground and that sort of thing but it doesn't change the spirit behind it which is just make people safe yeah. that are staying at your property. And the, the amount of moaning I've seen from yeah. holiday lot owners and stuff about, I can't believe I'm being asked to do this. This is totally unreasonable. I can't believe I've had to spend. And I've seen so many posts where people have said, oh, you know, I've spent £500 or £800 on implementing the changes That's that nothing. I need to make. And, and loads of people out there are just waiting to see if they get caught. Now I'm really annoyed that I've spent this money you're totally missing Missing the point point, it's like you should be doing this anyway um the problem is i'm being i'm being a little bit unreasonable i guess the problem is that 
this is a very unregulated part of what is essentially a property industry, landlord industry, but a lot of the people don't come from a property background. Yeah. You know, these are people who, um, uh, I don't know, they own a second home or they've got it's an a, annex. Or, yeah, it could be they're just renting a, a room, in, a room you know, perhaps all the house. children have left home and yeah. they're renting a room out. So they're not coming from, from a property background. So professional landlords, we actually often get a bad reputation um, for, for, for things like this in, in the mainstream media, but the good ones, we're used to having to do things to our property to meet regulations yeah. and to make it safe to occupy. It's normal. It's totally part of the territory. Um, it's the cost of doing business to a certain extent. And some of these recommendations are so fundamental that to be perfectly honest, we shouldn't even have to be told to do it. So when we developed Meadowcart, for example, I yeah. mean, don't get me wrong, that we're having to make some changes. Oh, yeah. We're having yeah. to go and, and actually where it gets really interesting is with properties that we're either renting or managing because ultimately the buck stops with the owner and mm. then, you know, at what point do we get involved? And there is every chance we could lose a couple of units over this because yeah. if the owner is not prepared to make the changes, then strictly speaking, we shouldn't be operating in that environment. So anyway, that aside, if it's a property that you own, now don't get me wrong, not everyone has developed out properties from scratch like we have, but we didn't need to put in interlinked fire alarm systems. We didn't need to put thumb turn lock systems in, um, but we've done all of that not because the government asked us to, not because there's any regulation that requires it, but because it makes sense, it's common sense, mm. I think, to protect people that are staying there. Yeah. It's your peace of mind at the end of the day. I know I want to sleep at night as a landlord, as a, as a host. Um, and, you know, it goes to another level when you start talking about hotels and mm. the fire, which is why we got the, a professional in to do the fire risk assessment um, yeah. next week. So just to reiterate to people, the only thing that we all actually have to do initially off the back of this new regulation is to actually do a fire risk assessment and like um document it like yeah. rec record it if you like keep it on file okay and people go well who's going to check well that again you're missing the point mm -hmm. and also you know licensing accreditation something along those lines is going to come into this industry yeah. and without a doubt it's going to require that you submit that but you're missing the point the point is do a fire risk assessment make That's, sure it's safe make sure it's safe and then yes you will potentially quite likely have to take some steps off the back of that based on your findings you will be required to do that now what do you mean by required well if the worst happens and that's the thing we're all dreading right if the worst happens then you are liable if, if you've done a fire risk assessment you haven't acted on the findings then um yeah should we just park that one there? Then? Yeah, that's my rant on, yeah. on fire eggs. But... but no, I do agree. And I I actually thought when I looked through it, it was a very sensible document. It was quite helpful, actually, you know, on yeah. what to do. It's 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 not it's not prescriptive because it can't be, because there is so much variety out there in those sort of properties. Um, but there are some useful guidelines. So read the document. Again, we will put it in the in the show notes for anybody that's listening to that. I, I think our audience is pretty informed. <laughs> I'm sure they're onto it already, but we will pop the link into the show notes again. But the same applies to any legislation. Get it from the horse's mouth, get it from the source. Don't react to hearsay and rumor.
Right, now that I've got that off my chest... Have <laughs> you calmed down now? I've got something that is really going to put a smile on your face. Um, we've not had much time in recent episodes to feature any listener messages, but I just have to play this one for you. This is a voice note from Graham on Instagram, who is definitely our listener of the week after this. Hi, guys. Graham Simpkins here. Question for you both. What's the record for binge listening to your podcast? I had a seven and a half hour drive a few days back where I listened to a, a solid five hours straight whilst I was driving on the, the glorious M5 in solid traffic. Um, and I have to say, you made me cry with laughter and belly laughed at the antics of some of your guests. And... Uh, just uh, filled me with enthusiasm to carry on through all the difficult bits. Anyway, keep up the good work and thanks a million. Take care, bye. Graham, I absolutely love that. I, I hope that sometimes we're informative, but we started the Secret Service podcast because we saw a gap for a property podcast that at least attempts to be entertaining yeah. as well, right? <laughs> Everybody talks a good game about telling it as it is and giving it to you warts and all, but nobody actually does it. Mm. So here we are. That's what we're trying to do. And as for the gauntlet you've laid down, Graham, well, I don't know. Have you got the record for the longest binge listen of the podcast? Well, I guess you have right now, but if anybody can beat Graham, then feel free to drop us your own voice note. <laughs> I would imagine there's going to be some contenders out there, but that's a pretty well good be. that's a pretty good effort, I would say. Um, Instagram is the best way to get in touch, guys. We do love to hear from you. Come and drop us a follow and send us a DM or a voice note to let us know you're listening and what you think of the pod so far. Equally, if you want to chat to us live on the podcast as part of our new feature at your service, then drop us a message for the chance to come and tell us all about your own holiday let or service accommodation business. Oh, yeah, I'm excited for that one. Yeah, you, you, you've still got this tour planned, haven't you? Oh, this, yeah, yeah. This Douglas, about, where are you? It's all about creating a, <laughs> a network of contacts for you, I think. <laughs> for my holidays. <laughs> Well, that's a wrap for episode 20 of the podcast. Cliffhangers this week. Well, have we truly steadied the ship at Eaton House or is this just the calm before the next storm? Oh, don't say that. <laughs> Please. Uh, and well, Graham's record for binging our podcast stand for more than a week. Please like, follow and subscribe wherever you listen. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review on your platform of choice. And what about telling people about the pod on your socials? That would be amazing. Uh, tag at Secret Service Podcast on Instagram so that we can say thanks. And if you're not enjoying the podcast, well, there's plenty of other stuff out there to listen to. <laughs> it certainly is. <laughs> Have a good one, everybody. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next week. See you next week. Take care. Bye. Bye.